0: La bestia, Che bella. Beast mode engage. Hit the theme music. Okay. Good stuff, that, Daniel. That's as good as it's going to get. Always a win. <laughs> Always a win. Never a loser. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Uh, that said, welcome to your listener readers. I feel like you,
1: you lobbed me a ball and I just like watched it fall to the ground.
0: Basically. Like,
1: you, you lazily were like <laughs> catch, I guess, and I just stared at you.
0: Yeah, you're like here you go, and you just like like crossed your arms and yeah. stared at me.
1: Or I like rushed to the door, my turned around, just hit my back.
0: <laughs> the slow reader's story. Correct. Um, welcome to our listener readers. Hello, everyone. To slow readers, your weekly fast-paced
1: literature podcast, brought
0: to you by books, <laughs>
1: brought to you by reading,
0: brought to you by the written word, brought
1: to you by fables, brought to you by language, brought to you by the reconstruction.
0: Brought to you by British people. Brought to you
1: by British authors. Brought to you. Yeah. We're not British. authors. Authors are people you're, you're too. You're
0: part British. I'm like a quarter English. Yeah. English motherfucker. Whatever. Not I don't care. Not ethnically British. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, that said, uh, yeah, this is a show. You all look the same to me. This is a show about books and shit. Yeah and uh and yeah and uh who are you book talk person
1: hello listeners my name is gabe mara i'm a comedian every now and again i'm a writer and a podcast producer and depending on the time of day and the time of night um you might catch me slinging you a beer Mm. daniel co-host what Uh, are
0: you all about sorry i am daniel gonzalez 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 an audio producer writer editor and an author of fiction Totally. And uh, this is our show, So Readers. You're also an engine driver. I'm also an engine driver. One of my favorite December songs.
1: Yes. All other...
0: Whoa! Back in the day.
1: Mr. Popular. Oh,
0: what's that? That's our new friend, Dingy, the... Dr- the- Dinger Donger.
1: Hi Daniel, it's me Dingy the Dinger Donger. Hey, who let
0: you in, man? We're supposed to like keep the door closed so we don't get any I crawled
1: through a hole in the wall, the one you used to spy on people.
0: <laughs> That's right. If you live in this apartment complex, by the way, I am spying on you.
1: I'm listening.
0: You're listening? Sure. I'm spying. Yes. And also, get out of here, Donger.
1: Uh. Okay, bye, fucker. He sounded kind of like Mickey Mouse. I hate that guy. All right. I yeah. fucking hate him.
0: Is it the voice, the interruptions, or what? What bothers you about him?
1: I don't know. It's just something about the way he like subtly just, l- he never blinks. Yeah. It's mostly that. You I... know, like, he has like a shark eye situation. And also it's the huge hard-on he has all the time.
0: It's it's the unblinking black eyes and the enormous erection he's always yeah. sporting. In you can his... have
1: one of those. It's re- not
0: both. I don't recall him like those tight, short uh, those red shorts with like like the button flaps on it. Like yeah. instead of like a zipper, it's just like a button flap that he just snaps on. Yeah. And like, there's always that, that, that gross Hate like it. protrusion. Hate it. Every time. I mean, it's very unsettling.
1: It's not the way the fabric's folding, man. It's yeah. just your dick.
0: Plus he always just shows up in your room.
1: Yeah. This is the only explicit literature podcast <laughs> in all of Stitcher and iTunes. real shit right. ever ever.
0: I don't think any of these other those overdue pussies. God They got damn it. Nothing. They got nothing.
1: They, they, they talk casually about bumping into people in the street. Casually, do they? That the one episode I listened to. They had a little. <laughs> they had a little aside like, I was walking on the street. Then I am The old
0: guy. Oh, you only listened to one episode. One. It's a really good show. I, I really much. I, I really much enjoy it.
1: I really much enjoy.
0: Yeah um the We're so explicit uh let's 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 uh give a shout out to our bros at uh the overdue podcast the other one where it's two dudes talking about books yeah um, hey
1: if, you, um, if all you out there you want to send them a challenge on our behalf let's do it
0: yeah a violence. Cool. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll fight him. <laughs> Just a violent one. I bet I could take him.
0: We're violent. Yeah, we're tough dudes. We're violent.
1: We're, we're violent boys.
0: Yeah, no, uh, their, their 400th episode was on uh, The Hunger Games. Good for them. And it's kind of uh exactly how I remember that one time I picked up that book but I never finished it. Um, It's kind of like interesting, but not terribly well written. The Hunger Games? Yeah. I've never even tried. Yeah, she's Her language is very clunky. Yeah. Her, no. I don't know if like her, it's her, the language, it's like the way she describes things. Like it's as if she wrote three hundred pages in like a month. Sure, not, like like completed it. I think that's like, what happened with Jay. I suppose that's what happened. Uh, that's a let's stop talking about that. Gabriel, yes, yeah, we right. have a not exactly a book to talk about, but we yeah have, we're
1: continuing one yeah. of our sub series.
0: Oh yeah, it is a sub series. Well, Gabriel, what is the name of the sub series? This sub
1: series is called Chambermaids.
0: Chambermaids, where what? we cover
1: every story in the collection, The Bloody Chamber, by renowned. English
0: author Angela Carter. Okay, did you forget her name?
1: No, I was gonna say British, but then I was like, oh, Daniel's gonna be down my ass
0: about that. No, she's British. Sure, I don't like, know the difference. Like I'm, well, it's the nation. Uh, like for example, I'm not like a quarter British. I'm a quarter English, but like you know, well, the, what's
1: there the, between Great Britain and England?
0: Because England is a country in the United Kingdom. So what's Britain then? The, Britain is the, I guess, the United Kingdom. It's is like that's true. Co- it's a collection of uh, of, of countries. That's,
1: that's there's a the UK and Great Britain.
0: What's the difference between UK and Great Britain then? There
1: isn't one, I not think. I thought you're well, that's why that's why British I mean. and English is the same thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: What I'm saying is that England specifically is a country in Great Britain. I thought so Great like, Britain
1: is is synonymous with England, not the UK. Uh, I think like yeah, I right. think Ireland <laughs> would admit to being in the UK, but they would not say they're British.
0: Yeah, although technically they are. Hmm. Unfortunately, especially uh, the one side, the one that's in like properly in the UK. I was
1: whatnot. born in New York, and uh <laughs> not an old York.
0: And, uh, no, no, but whatever. That's a, that's a complicated history that we'll get into, uh, with the not Irish another time, uh, when we're doing those James Joyce books that we've been always been wanting to do. Have we
1: done an Irish author yet?
0: No! <laughs> yeah, I guess not. <laughs> we've done uh, Irish Americans. Is
1: Graham Greene Green author Irish?
0: Graham Greene is, uh... Oscar Wilde? Well, they're, 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 they are English. they're, English. English. I don't know if they're, they might be Irish immigrants at Experts some point out there come at us. No, we just didn't look at them uh, beforehand. Uh, no, we're talking about a specifically uh, a British author, Angela Carter. Yeah. Gabriel, do you have some things to tell us about this particular author who we have covered before? No, I thought you did the research. What? You did the research. No, I said, did you want to do the research since uh, I did it last time? No, I said, so I'm can...
1: doing the game and you should do research on, on Beauty and the Beast.
0: Oh, well, I didn't. Uh, so that's well. that's it. Uh, so we don't have any research on you, uh, Angela Carter. In brief, let me actually just recap briefly what we yes, learned about. We have it a much more
1: extensive one the first time we did it, which was a couple weeks ago.
0: Yes, and uh, so yeah, no, Angela Carter. Unfortunately, she's passed away at a very young age. No, I think she was like forty-two or fifty-two. Essentially, she passed away due to lung cancer in the early nineties. Um, she, yeah, no, she's like a renowned author. I've heard of this book in particular so many times before. Uh, the Bloody Chamber, which um, I mean, like, has always been kind of pitched at this idea about being like like adult fairy tales or yeah. like or like revisionist fairy tales. Uh, she has described it essentially being as she's drawing out these kind of like latent kind of themes and stories yes. from the these like o- these uh old and ancient uh, fairy tales and whatnot, like Beauty and the Beast. Last time was Bluebeard. We did uh, the titular Bloody Bloody Chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, later on we we have like Puss in Boots. We have uh the Snow Child. Um, and, uh, it, well, it's not really a fairy tale, but Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, I was going to, you know, just really, I realized that at this point that, yeah, well,
1: these it, are all like, is basically, um, fantastical stories written by the patriarchy.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And often they are an, um, almost exclusively, they're always about women.
0: Yeah. Um, that is the overarching theme of this where essentially like there, there is like the, these particular fairy tales and Carter's take on them mm. are specifically about like, uh, women being oppressed, like literally, uh you know, like yeah. jailed in some way by, by like a patriarch or a man, um, and shenanigans and
1: stuff. Yeah, often sexually <laughs> exploited, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and after, Gabriel, do you remember what this name was? They're they like, they're like there were specifically like, like we we remember like, uh the grim the grim brothers and uh uh, uh mother uh, Ander- goose and Anderson and whatnot. Yeah, Hans yeah. Christian Anderson. Uh specifically, this is based on the book that. We as Americans, I think, primarily known as like mother's Goose. Yeah, Grimm's tales or fairy like tales and Mother Goose. Wait, what?
1: I mean, M- Mother Goose and Grimm are kind of things that are synonymous. Yeah, hold on a second. Let That's me the second time using that word.
0: There's the. Uh... Oh, I was on the same page. No, she said like there was like a, a particular like classic like bouge like super bougie. Oh, uh, book I of think fairy that was Hans
1: Christian Andersen's fairy
0: tales. I don't think so. One second, hmm. Gabriel. Um, no. In the meantime, what did we read for this? Well, I'll actually, look this. Uh this this book of fairy tales up. What, what stories did we read?
1: Well, we read the second and third stories in the collection. They are both basically based on Beauty and the Beast. We found interesting kind of... Um, one is more straightforward. The other one is more of a subversion.
0: Yeah. But
1: the first one is entitled The Courtship of Mr. Leon. Or mm. Lion, whatever. And the second one is The Tiger's Bride.
0: Yes. And, uh, and Gabriel, I looked this up before, like the last time we did this, and how... Um, because, like, you would, going into this, I thought that each story was just, like, a different fairy, yeah. like take on a fairy tale and whatnot. Um, and that's not really the case. In fact, she doesn't really consider this a collection of short fiction. Yeah. She considers this, like, a novel because essentially, or a, a, a story cycle or what yeah, have you. She whatnot. also
1: published several of these outside the book, didn't she? Which would make a lot more sense.
0: Yeah, she did. And I think she, I believe she revised some of these. For
1: yeah. That. and Some of these were exclusive to the collection, like Bloody Chamber was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, But specifically god fucking damn it i can't find the name of the stupid fucking book it's probably on her own <laughs> wikipedia page anyway but no i saw that like she like th- like in this uh collection in particular these two stories you read they're both based on the legendary uh fairy tale beauty and the beast La la Belle et la and uh also some of its more famous Written adaptations who? what
1: who wrote the original versions daniel do you know like something villeneuve and another other <laughs> one in like beaumont
0: Villeneuve and Beaumont, the two uh, of James Bond's great, Bondus greatest villains, <laughs> the
1: Bondest the villains that there is, the Bondest ever.
0: villains ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, there,
1: there are two very famous versions that were basically like one. One's a very popular one, a very extensive original version. Okay, and then there's another one that's much more streamlined, basically. Yeah, that, that's my understanding.
0: Uh, I was gonna say that, uh, in particular, the first story is kind of based on because uh, these stories are also very important to come uh, to bring up. These stories came out like decades before the '90s Disney cartoon Disney, *Beauty mm-hmm. and the Beast*. So uh, this is definitely like at this point the most popular uh, adaptation of *Beauty and the Beast* was is the legendary 1946 film uh, by Jean Cocteau. Yes. Uh, *Le Belle et la Bête*.
1: Yes. Oh, so here's I think I found out the thing you're talking about: Charles Perrault's story collection. Yeah. *Histoire ou conte du temps passé*.
0: Yeah. And And I remember that that one is essentially like it was like this very expensive, like gorgeous illustrated book that basically people hundreds of years ago. Like, it wasn't for kids. It was something that you displayed in your house because it's like, yeah, I got that fucking book. Yeah, it was a, it
1: was a status book.
0: <laughs> it was the sapiens of, like, the 17th sure. century.
1: It's it's like your coffee table book. It's your collection of New Yorker magazines that you never even opened.
0: Damn straight. Yes. So
1: the original author of Beauty and the Beast was named um, Gabrielle Suzanne Barbeau de Villeneuve. This is one of the only ones written by a woman, curiously enough. Okay. Which is pretty cool. That's and then there is a uh, shorter version made by a, yeah, a man named Beaumont, I believe. It's a gentleman. Let me double check that. It's uh, Um, Jean-Marie Le Prince de Beaumont. Okay. Also
0: a woman. Oh, that's awesome! Cool, that's, that's really awesome. neat. This has an interesting, uh, up until the 20th century, of course, yeah, um, has an interesting, uh, 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 le- uh legend of essentially being uh, uh, authored by a woman, yeah, um, yeah, and then the 20th century was basically like the more popular ones, not including the Bloody Chamber, of course, but like you know the the 46 uh, black and white film Chamber by, by uh, Jean Cocteau, yes. and the 1994 Four. Two. 2, 92, that's and right. 2017. That's right, Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah, that's right. I already forgot about that. One. Fuck. But the, 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 you
1: forgot about the the, uh, the, the, Bill the Bill
0: Condon one? The Bill Condon one starring Emma Watson and uh, Daniel Stevens? Yes. He doesn't go by Daniel. Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. Yeah, that's why I was confused. Yeah,
1: yeah Listeners, if you ever want to hear a wonderful, brilliant takedown of that whole thing, a very well-researched <laughs> one, check out Lindsay Ellis' video on Beauty and the Beast. It's one of those things I brush my teeth to. Oh, uh, actually, I've been always wanting to listen to that. Yeah, it's it... great. It's, it's brutal. And she points, you know, I, I already watched that movie. I saw it twice, both times drunk and I liked it just fine, <laughs> but I've never had a, that, the, the of a devotion to the Beauty and the Beast story, especially the Disney one. And so she points out every, but not in like a pedantic way, she points out all the crazy problems with it. And I don't, I think it's a wonderful video. Mm-hmm. YouTube. Uh, I right. interrupted you. What were you saying?
0: Uh, was I? <laughs> yeah, so
1: my, oh, yeah, well, um, uh, I mentioned a 2017 version, and you're like, that did happen.
0: Oh, no, no. I was going to say, like, I keep forgetting if I've seen that one, but no, I saw this this, the 2015 or whatever, Cinderella oh, movie. Oh, yeah, you did. The, by, uh, by our old buddy, Kenny Branagh. Kenny Branagh. Starring
1: uh, Lily Collins? Lily uh, James. James Collins? Lily James. <laughs> no. yeah, James Collins <laughs> as Cinderella. Yeah, Lily James. Lily Collins is Snow White. It, sure, in Mirror whatever. Mirror. God, she okay. has the best eyebrows in the biz.
0: Which I saw and I was kind of like, whatever. And uh, and so I imagine Beauty and the Beast is more whatever. I don't know.
1: Oh, it's not, it's not as good as Cinderella. It is both lazier and cheaper somehow. Okay. It digs into the nostalgia in a way that's very inelegant. At least Cinderella was just kind of like, let's kind of feel it out. Let's have some fun with this. Kenneth Branagh wanted to enjoy it, I mm-hmm. think. It's the complete opposite of Aladdin, which is clearly like Guy Ritchie smoking blunts and being like, "I don't care, make the brown people do something."
0: Okay, um, yeah, the only the only version of Beauty and the Beast that I particularly, I mean, I grew up with the 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 '90s cartoon. Um, I recently, uh, with you, Gabriel, yeah. we actually caught, uh, La Bella, La Bette, um, in theaters, yeah. uh, in a, a special showing and it's kind of fucking amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Go check out the steel stack. Some arts quest cinema in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. If you're in that area.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's, 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 I mean, it's hard to, I don't want to get into it too, uh, far too much. A big screen. In, yeah, no, it, it is. It is. Um, it is a black and white movie from the forties. It's a French movie too. Um, and it like still like will fucking like uh it, it's incredible to see like the it, it'll images blow hold
1: up incredibly well
0: yeah it, it is gorgeous and i and more than anything i love the take on the characters yeah um you actually start to see that you, you start seeing like the personalities kind of like be reflected in some of this especially the first uh story we covered um, yeah the 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 courtship of mr leon yes lion I, I was saying leon is it just lion lion okay leon uh leon Are they in
1: france I don't know, well... In The Tiger's Bride, they're clearly in Italy. In Italy,
0: yes. Um, I, the first one,
1: like, it's... Giving it's, pasta to the prisoners.
0: The fun thing, though, is to, is to remember that uh, these stories in particular uh, are very noticeably taking a, a place in, like, a more modern setting. Yeah. I think you're, the, at
1: one point she's in London in the courtship of Mr. Leon.
0: Yeah, at some point, like, when uh, after... Well, I'll tell you what, I think we're maybe getting ahead. Gabriel, us? can you do us a favor? Can getting you, ahead? Can you tell us what uh, these uh, what these stories are about? Well, they are
1: basically, um I would almost say alternate retellings of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. The courtship of Mr. Leon is the very straightforward one where but you know, all these Angela Carter stories, from so far anyway, are slightly more modern. They take place, um during, you know, there's telephone poles, there's cars, etc. Yeah. But it that's always that's never essential to the story. Um the very first one, courtship <laughs> of Mr. Leon, very basically, uh a beauty is waiting home for her father to return from a storm. They are in financial ruin. The father's car breaks down. He goes to a, like a a very nice estate. He is fed, and when he's about to take one beautiful white rose for his daughter to take home, mm-hmm. uh, he gets stopped by a beast. The mm-hmm. master of the castle. He is captured. Um, he decides to bring his daughter. The beast asks him to take his daughter to eat with him. Um, he like the beast keeps the daughter. Uh. They fall they, they become friendly, she's terrified by him. And when he lets her free because he has feelings for her, mm-hmm. she comes back um after a few months having really forgot her promise, and then she redeems him and he becomes a human.
0: Yes. Ba-ba-ba-ba! And uh, literally, uh uh no, almost not not exactly literally, but happily ever after. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. And uh let's let's uh well no, let's let's actually describe the second one because I, I feel like yeah, it's best to kind of talk about them. You to wanna to do this gather. one? Yeah. And uh the Tiger's Bride Uh, darker version of the story, let's say.
1: It starts with my father, like, um, gambled me away.
0: Yeah, uh, we're basically our titular character, who I don't even know if it's actually named ever. I don't believe in, is. in the first story. She's uh, she's referred to as Beauty with a yes. capital B. And the second one, it's written in the first person. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, uh, yes. Uh, in the second story, basically this uh, they're from they're described as coming from the north, where there's winter, yeah, and from now Russia. The, they move to yeah, that's uh, right. They're from Russia, and now they move to the south, which is clearly uh, Italy because of like the language and whatnot, and the pasta. But uh, <laughs> and the horrible pasta, greasy, oily. Pasta. the
1: oily pasta given to the prisoners.
0: <laughs> but uh basically what happens uh in short is that our protagonist's uh father, who's addicted to gambling, yes, uh, is basically like well they move to a certain location and like it's this thing where like you have to play uh Malord in mm-hmm. uh in cards. And like Malord is particularly great at cards, and yeah. her father unfortunately uh loses everything and literally thinks that he's not gonna lose and gambles his fucking daughter. And loses her to this um, this mysterious person who, uh, as I said, is kind of referred to as my lord. One of his well, like there's like one woman who's like working in like the place where they're gambling who refer who calls him uh, the bestia. And uh, he he he's a strange looking dude. He doesn't seem to say anything. He's wearing like some kind of elegant mask of like this beautiful man's face yes and he has like what else? does he have like gloves on or something like yeah that? he's yeah. always
1: wearing like these big gloves that they look clunky but he's mm-hmm. actually really really good at the cards and everything mm-hmm. he's basically a man covered head to toe while wearing a mask
0: yeah well essentially wearing like a, a man disguise yeah yes um and base so like yeah so she's told to basically like come over to uh this dude's castle and whatnot and uh she does that she's like she's very un she's not happy she doesn't naturally. She, she, yeah but like she's very she very clearly expresses her disdain whereas in the first story um our uh the, our heroine is kind of i would not say like like, she, she's kind of, like, ushered here and there, and, like, we mm-hmm. don't really hear too much about she's her, like, little, resistance. She's a
1: little passive.
0: Yeah, in this one, she's, like, way more active. She's way more bitter about everything. Yeah. And she, yeah, I mean, again, we're in her head. But, uh, but yeah, long story short, uh, we go there, and we basically there, uh, she's given this proposal of essentially, uh, you go to um, the master's, like, bedchamber.
1: Yeah, the valet, like, ushers her through.
0: this. The strange valet character, yeah. Uh, is basically told that, like, you strip naked before him, and that's it and that's it right yeah. that's all she has to do I, I think he just like she just stand before him naked and then you can go home your father will be insanely rich and you get to have like all like any as much all the treasures nice or something as like that. you want she just goes no not nah, be and gets thrown in prison yes. uh in the jails and the, the thing and whatnot and basically just like begins this kind of like uh stalemate the, the stalemate with them and also the beast although wearing like this mask and whatnot and clearly not talking seems to be very upset and and somehow moved by her kind of resistance yes um and yeah so long story short eventually what happens is Don't that about the robot oh yeah yeah that's right there's a fucking robot there's a fucking
1: this. robot the... they
0: pull a rocky four <laughs> there's a what is rocky four ever robot rocky four
1: is a robot
0: Rocky Four is fucking weird. I man. love Rocky Four. I, I've never seen Rocky Four.
1: Poly reprograms that have a woman's voice, and it's really funny. <laughs> God, that's so dumb. <laughs> I love Rocky Four. Go right. on, dude. Anyway,
0: <laughs> I'm gonna try and ignore the fact that Rocky Four is a robot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It's, it's, she's given like this kind of like robot, like maid, to kind yeah. of help her with like her makeup and shit. Uh, But yeah, no, um, but kind of like skimming, jumping to the end without getting too far in the details. uh, Basically, what happens is that when they go out to like the river or whatever on horseback, uh, she basically says, oh, no, they like she gets told by the valet because, again, the master doesn't talk. uh, uh, You'll strip naked. However, he will strip naked first.
1: Oh, damn.
0: And he takes off his all of his like these huge robes he's wearing and his mask. And sure enough, he's essentially some kind of like tiger man. Tiger man. Um, which is kind of again very different from like the first one, which is more traditionally like a lion Lions man. Lion head, yeah. Uh, oh, what's the word that she Leonine Leonine or something like that? Uh, maybe. Th- there's a word she kept saying, which is like the adjective of like lion-like. Or
1: Tigeroid. Uh,
0: but no, in this one he's he's like literally like almost like a lion basically, and he he p- goes around on, like all fours and shit. Tiger. Um, tiger. So what did I say? Lion again? You said lion Sorry. again? Uh, and uh, and basically she t- uh, undresses as well, and just like in an instant, it's like all right, done. Yeah. And he kind of fucks off.
1: Pride it was, not shame that thwarted my fingers so. There and a go. certain trepidation, lest this frail little article of human upholstery before it might not be in itself, grand enough that satisfies expectations of us. Since those, for all I know, might have grown infinite during the
0: endless time he had been waiting. And we had to clatter in the <laughs> rushes, pearled and
1: eddied in the river.
0: Sexiness. All right. Uh, and uh, sir, uh, as it ends, basically, she gets this image of her seeing her father kind of being like, look at my money. I'm so rich. <laughs> and and she's magic like, mirror, beauty and the beast. And she's like, fuck off, dude. Um, also, yeah, we'll get to the moment, but remind me the first story also had like this weird reference to Alice in Wonderland. Um, and, uh, so yeah, no, like what happens is that basically she sees this and she's like, you know, what? I'm not going home. And instead she goes back up and there's this interesting thing where she sees the valet also naked and he also has like fur. Yes. Um, and basically when she goes up to the dude and there's a kind of like this kind of like sensual kind of like yeah. embracing a of moment one another. of like intimacy, yeah, a moment of int- intimacy and and again, like I don't know how literal this is supposed to be. It's it's a fairy tale. But like basically the tiger man uh kind of like licks away her skin until yeah. she basically like her like furry body is revealed underneath. Which is uh is an inver- might be a metaphor? It might be it it might be a metaphor, it might be a fairy tale, I don't fucking know. Who knows? But like it's an inversion also of the previous version we got from Beauty and the beast where basically it was the beast who turns back into turns mm-hmm. into a man whereas this the 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 young uh, girl turns into a beast
1: yeah the exact phrasing is yeah um uh, um and each stroke of his tongue ripped off skin of her successive skin all the skins of a life in the world and left behind the nascent patina of shining hairs my earrings turned back to water and trickled down my shoulders i shrugged the drops off my beautiful fur yes
0: yeah, very nice.
1: Nice little, what's called? also a parallel there in the beginning of the story. It's like, like the hot wax of like the gambling hall drips on her bare shoulders.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Gabriel. Yeah, Daniel. So, obviously, this is both our first times reading this and whatnot. Yes. Um... We really, we both really enjoyed the bloody chamber. Yeah, the titular story, I loved it. It's fantastic. Uh, Gabriel, how did you feel about the courtship of Mister Lion and the Tiger's Pride?
1: So Daniel, as always, whenever you decide we're gonna read two short stories for an episode, uh-huh. I grumble my way through the first one, and then realize, oh, okay, I guess these kind of this one at least made sense. Yes, that um, there's this is definitely two of a pair, and they definitely work together back to back. And and to that note, like the first the first story, I'm like. Yeah, it's *Beauty and the Beast*. It's fine. There's nothing actually very interestingly subvertive going on here. It just feels like a very straightforward retelling of *Beauty and the Beast*, except with Angela Carter's like excellent vocabulary and beautiful writing and yeah. amazing description and this wonderful deliberate pace and tone. And then getting into the Tiger's Bride, I'm like, okay, there's a purpose to this, there's a rhythm to this. Mm-hmm. And immediately I'm gripped again by how wonderful the, perspective, the shift in perspective, um, how changing the perspective of a woman's point of view into this fairy tale completely changes the story.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, as, as you pointed out before, uh, yeah, the first story is in third person, whereas the second story, uh, Tiger's Bride is in first person. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, where's Angela Carter? This isn't Angela Carter reading um, uh, um, Courtship. And <laughs> yeah. I get immediately into Tiger's Bride and I'm like, oh, Dan, there she is. Yeah, there's. Um, she was lying in wait.
0: And again, like, like kind of like how I described it before, where it's like these technically shouldn't be technically shouldn't be viewed as individual stories, but as something that is very purposely put together. Yeah. Um, this happens, I believe, later on. Keep in mind, I didn't actually read what happens in them or whatnot. I just know that there are two stories later on that are both uh, the Little Red Riding Hood. Huh. So, um, and I think that's the only other time that happens. Uh, cause I think I got the other stories. Like the next one is, uh, Puss Puss in Boots. And Boots. then there's the other one, which I don't really know all that well. It's like the, the elk, the, elk something. the earl king, earl king.
1: There's a reference to the earl king and, um, the tiger bride.
0: Yeah. There's references like through, throughout this, that story. side. Um, and, uh, the courtship, uh, there's, uh, when, uh, the father first arrives at beast castle and whatnot, there's, uh, a drink and a uh, something, uh, oh, uh something on a platter me, yeah. that says eat me and drink me and which doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Other than the
1: fact that there's there are no other beings in the beast castle besides that lovable dog,
0: I, I, except for that the, the lovable dog that is wearing a expensive necklace. Yes. Yeah. So um. Yeah. So Gabriel,
1: mm-hmm. how'd you like it? Oh, well, I thought they were great. Yeah. And I mean, uh, as I was saying, yeah. I was confused by the courtship of Mister mm-hmm. Lion. It's so straightforward in mm-hmm. a way that that completely like changes the way you perceive these things. Like. Bloody Chamber comes in, and it just turns the whole Bluebeard thing, while still being faithful, turns it on his head from the writing alone. Mm-hmm. And Courtship was very, very straightforward. Yeah. And then switching over to Tiger Bride, oh. I was just, I was much more engrossed into this one. Like, like the, the agency, the character alone, and just the perspective. It just reminds me again, what I said last time. Like, reading... Like a woman's perspective on these stories is just a very different experience from these stories we've known our whole lives. Mm-hmm. What about you, Daniel? Did you enjoy the reading of these two stories? Yeah, I did.
0: Um, I, I remember going into this. I felt like the uh, the courtship was I was like, oh, like, you know, this one was at least like uh, a relatively kind of like more lighthearted a story as opposed to like, we yeah. go from like this very dark very threatening very ominous uh bluebeard story mm-hmm. and then like we kind of have like this nice little break where like it feels yeah, there's even
1: a lovable dog like uh, yeah I'm, I'm
0: like i was a little confused it's it's it, it was i'm wondering if there is supposed to be, there is definitely like something kind of dark going on with the undercurrents like because we have this sense of um both of them also feature and it's the same thing with bluebeard like and I, I imagine all the stories will basically feature a heroine like this who is like like described in like this kind of like almost like Nabokovian like kind of mm-hmm. like beautiful girl child language you know yeah um, so like yeah like they're all you like know,
1: that's a feature of the fairy tale it always yeah. has been the youngest it, prettiest most beautiful daughter the most innocent is the most prized
0: yeah and that's and that like those are the heroines of yeah. all these stories of like course
1: great quote in Tiger's Bride where she's like if I had known he wanted me to, to be, to be <laughs> naked I would have laid if every single little like, townsman wanted me
0: Yeah, because specifically, um, he wants he wants to see uh uh the body of a woman who no one has seen before. Something yes, like that, yeah. Uh, there's like a, there's like
1: a current of like of resentment and anger in Tiger's Bride that is not at all in Courtship of Mister Leon. Yeah, like the... Courtship of Mister Leon also has like a strange like judgmental streak to her that she ret- she returns back from the Beast Castle mm-hmm. and she, they have riches again and there's this whole little passage about how um how beauty is now like gaining getting a little bit like. Uh, like <laughs> arrogance yeah.
0: and vain. She's she's literally growing into a spoiled child. Like I think yeah. it literally says. But um, there is a, the the darker element is the idea that again, like Beauty and the Beast has always been kind of like joke that like it's a story of um, uh, what do you call it? like Stockholm, Stockholm syndrome. syndrome? Yeah. Uh, and and that's that's almost what happens. And you get this weird sense of this very very this girl. Um basically was held captive for a certain amount of time, and then when we she lets go, she is both mixed with feelings of basically being like, Oh, thank God I'm finally out, but like kind of being like, But I miss him.
1: I miss him. I love so,
0: him. And like, yeah, that, that that is not lost on the language here. Or no, like at she all. she has mentioned that like uh that she has she has this she doesn't quite understand this sensation of feeling like she avoided something very, very dark. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't know. Uh I mean like there's still definitely this this very Sinister, but very quiet, and I don't. I mean, I think things truly end happily ever after. I'm assuming, yeah, roughly. Uh, but like, I, I feel like yeah, there's definitely still something very, very dark that's not gone untouched here. You know,
1: I, I really <laughs> want. Like, clearly, there's an intention to these stories being back to back. It was uh-huh. on purpose. But I really wonder. Like, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just not not gosh darn smart enough. <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out. Like, these stories still end the same way the fairy tale does properly.
0: Yeah. where it with the woman like despite a bit despite the, the inversion yeah.
1: exactly but it's it's still the same story so I'm just very curious like what what is Angela Carter's like does she perceive it as this is a good thing or is there a kind of like sarcasm to it like, I, I've been, like, curious about that whole kind of... Like, Bluebeard, um, Bloody Chamber, that was a much clearer, more obvious subversion of it, that the mom comes and shoots the guy's fucking face off, and it's <laughs> it's awesome. It's a badass women moment. Yeah. And in this one, it's the same story, just told differently twice.
0: Yeah, with the, the second one kind of giving more weight to it. Yeah, so more it was, weight, more coloring, more attention. More and whatnot.
1: One feels like a fairy tale. The other one feels like a strange, dark, like, sexual narrative. Yeah. But still maintaining, like, an innocence to it. They cries a
0: single tear. She refuses to disrobe. All he wants to see is her, her disrobe. Yeah, no, know. No, and, like, I don't know. I'm curious what everyone says. Like, I, I almost like, I think, courtship more, though. Because it's just, there's something weirdly straightforward and simple. And it does feel like... A fairy tale told very beautifully.
1: Yeah, it's like the cocktail story. It's has it's pretty straightforward.
0: It kind of actually. Yeah. And uh, supposedly that is the thing where like it is. And again, like we can't stress enough. Like I'm sure when this came out, people didn't, especially Americans don't really know. Beauty and the Beast? Probably not. Like, I mean, they, they might be aware of it as, as like you know the name Bluebeard. You know what that is, yeah. "Quote unquote." I didn't. Yes, but uh, <laughs> you know,
1: like you know the name of fairy tales, like yeah. like the like the Seven Dancing Princesses, that kind of thing, and you're aware that exists. Or before Disney touched these things, you knew of these stories, yeah. But they weren't like a commercial mainstream massive behemoth.
0: Yeah, no, but um, like I almost like the simplicity and straightforwardness of that first one, as much as I really, as much as you read the Tiger's Bride and you feel you feel like the first one was like this uh what do you call it like a dumb show essentially a dumb show yeah what's it called you know what i mean like it this happened okay it's from hamlet i know all right it's this thing where basically before you see like a play or like and whatnot there is this very abbreviated version of the story you're about to watch okay. that is played beforehand where no one talks and the dumb show interesting um and basically like it is literally the entire story that happens beforehand and then you see the the play like in midsummer the full scene Kind of, yeah. Well, there's yeah. Well, there's a history of it, clearly. But that's pretty cool. But uh, but so like it almost feels like that where you see um like this story, story that is basically it's like ahead here's of time. the story you're going to see, isn't it nice and wonderful? By the way, here's a story that begins. My father sold like basically lost me in a game of cards. Cool. And like that's what it kind of felt like to me.
1: I dig that. That's yeah. really neat.
0: Yeah, and uh, like I said, like uh, it'll be kind of cool later on when we get to Little Red Riding Hood. It's going to be like this, hopefully, this really cool kind of like a. Accentuate. A
1: fractured fairy tale.
0: But that's it, Gabriel. I tell yes, you what. Daniel. Let's 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 go on break. Okay. We have a game to play. Mm-hmm. We we'll come back. I made it from that. You made yep. a game. Yep. When we come back from that. We're gonna talk about this stories again. Hot <laughs> potato. All right, Gabriel. Come on, to break. Cool. Boom, baby. Welcome back. Hello, dear listener readers. What up? Two.
1: Sorry. Yeah. Mary's Fast Ways Leadership Podcast. Yep, I'm still Gabe. I'm still Daniel. What's up, everyone? This
0: is a show. This is the most badass lit show there is. Gabriel, I like to think that our show in particular, this literary fuckery, yeah. is goddamn awesome. I think so, too. That said, we have a game to play. We do have a game to play, Daniel. And, Gabriel, you made that game. I did, indeed.
1: Daniel, so... um. Back in 1982, HBO was a brand new network, really just trying to find a way to make its waves, making its own original programming. Mm -hmm. And one of those first shows, a very well-promising one, um, was a little something called Shelley Duvall's Tale Theater, featuring this thing (laughs) that I love so much. Hello, Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. That, this is a 55 second supercut of every time Shelley Duvall introduces herself in her really wonderful live action anthology fairy tale series. Okay, I, I love it to death, personally. And so, Daniel, I think the only thing you've ever known about this is me playing that video for you before.
0: Yeah, I don't know anything about this actual show. Yes. Uh, yeah.
1: I, for one... Oh. <laughs>
0: now oh, who's cool. getting text messages?
1: And, Daniel, you know that I, for one, have always had a Huge crush on Shelley Duvall. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's not the important part. So she made the show. It ran for five years on HBO, Shelley Duvall's Fairytale Theater. She created it and produced it, and she hosted it, too, as you just saw. Funnily enough, she came up with the idea during the filming of Popeye. She was like, hey, uh, Robin Williams, do you know the story of the Frog King? The Frog Prince? And Williams is like, totally. And Shelley Duvall's like, what if I made a TV show about fairy tales?" And Alvin Williams was like, oh, if you do that, I'll be the Frog prince. And they did it. And they did it! So, you know, she made a lot of these episodes. They're really wonderful, live action, not very high-budget things, but really top-notch Town was attracted to it. Mm -hmm. And, for example, they made a Beauty and the Beast episode. Okay. Directed by Roger Vadim, director of Barbarella. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say, really? Wow, okay.
1: (laughs) And do you know who played Beauty and the Beast? No! They were played by Susan Sarandon, and Klaus Kinski, which is rad. (laughs) Okay. Again, please look up these. Almost all these episodes are on YouTube, which is kind of really neat. Uh, I'm so curious because, yeah, okay. So Uh. there's a lot of super cool casting in these episodes. They're hour-long things. Mm -hmm. So, Daniel, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you a very simple question seven times. Mm -hmm. It's going to be basically, who played blank in this version of this story? Okay. I don't have a name for this
0: game. Is it who played blank? Yeah, who played blank? Who played blank blank, blank, blank? blank. Or just hello, I'm Shelley Duval. Hello, I'm Shelley... it should be called Hello, I'm Shelly Duval, Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Correct.
1: Okay. That's the game we're playing. I like that. So Daniel, for example, I would say something like, um, who hello, played I'm the beast <laughs> Who played <laughs> the beast in this episode? And I'll give you three actors and you would guess Klaus Kinski.
0: Alright.
1: Okay. Okay. Are you ready, Daniel?
0: Yeah, give it to me, bro. Here is your first one.
1: Cue the music. In the episode of Rumpel Stiltskin,
0: <laughs> directed
1: by Emil um, Adjolino, director of Dirty Dancing. Okay. Who played Rumpel Stiltskin? Was it Hervé Villechaize, also known as uh, Tattoo the Midget from James Bond, as well as the guy from Fantasy Island, Props mm-hmm. Blum? Was it Danny DeVito? Or was it a young Toby Jones? I'm going to guess that was Ol' Hervey.
0: Ol' Hervey? Ol' Hervey! My main
1: man, Hervey? Yes? Let me find the appropriate sound effect for this occasion. (laughs) Okay. Hey! Correct, Daniel! (laughs) I can't imagine. I I looked up some of these, Mm -hmm. especially for some of the ones that upset me. But yeah. (laughs) Hervey, be Also known as The Plain, The Plain. Played still nice. I fi-
0: figured I figured that this is basically something where we're just like, hey, who are we gonna get to play this person? They're gonna be like, oh, what about the the Fantasy Island guy? And they're just like, boom, done. And they asked him, and he went, I got nothing to do. Yeah, and they he did it. And
1: so. then like he gets a phone call, and he's like, this is Harvey. And yeah. then she's like, hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. <laughs> Next one, Daniel. Okay. Oh my god, my iPad once again, always fucking me. Um, literally. Who played the big bad wolf in the Three Little Pigs? Directed by Howard Storm, director of Once Bitten. H- H- Howard Storm? Howard Storm. Okay. Was it Once Donald Sutherland, Mickey Rourke, or Jeff Goldblum? Hmm. Who do you see as the big bad wolf? Um, for context, um, Billy Crystal played one of the little pigs.
0: <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. Uh, they have talent for these. I what, I'm going to guess Donald Sutherland.
1: Donald Sutherland? Yes. Daniel, guess what? Fart noise. Believe it or not, playing Buck Wolf was Jeff Goldblum. Okay, all right, which
0: I love. I no, I I, I could easily see any of those guys to do it, but no. Okay,
1: all right, cool. Okay, here's your next one, Daniel. One one, by the way. One one, you keep track. I don't keep track of these things. Who played the genie in Aladdin, directed by Tim Burton, director of Big Eyes, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, and Planet of the Apes? Okay. Was it James Earl Jones? Was it Bill Cosby, or was it a young Mario Van Peebles? Big
0: Bad Wolf, you said, right? No, the genie. That was genie, last okay. One. Right, right. No, I, com- I completely blanked out. <laughs> like, I-, I was thinking about, you said Tim Burton, and my mind went through a thing. Uh-huh. Okay, so genie, say those-, say those actors again, it was... James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. Bill Cosby, or Mario Van Peebles? Oh boy, I hope it's not Bill Cosby. God,
1: wouldn't you want that? Uh, I'm going
0: to guess James Earl Jones.
1: Jimmy Earl Jimmy?
0: Mm-hmm. Correct, hey. Daniels. James Earl Jones. Right. I, I actually, I was really expecting to be wrong. It was going to be Cosby. Yeah.
1: No, uh, it looked very much a lot like uh, Thief of Baghdad, which is kind of cool. Okay. Except um, uh, Robert Carradine played Aladdin. Hey, yeah. Uh, Boy, those Carradines sure can play fake Asians, huh?
0: <laughs>
1: Next one. Only only four more.
0: Okay.
1: Two, and one, two against one. Good job, Daniel. Who played Rip Van Winkle mm. in Rip Van Winkle? Directed by Francis Ford Coppola, <laughs> director <laughs> of Jack... Tetro and Peggy Sue got married.
0: True. You know, Tetro wasn't bad. I believe it. Uh, they're going to say Rip Van Winkle in Rip Van Winkle <laughs> by, <laughs> by Rip Van Winkle.
1: <laughs> where all they did was drink Van Winkle. Okay. <laughs> was it Harvey Keitel, Harry Dean Stanton,
0: or Ian Holm? Man, none My. of them were like ancient back then. No. Ah, uh, that's fucking weird. So it Harvey Keitel. Well, they tell- all had old faces. Uh, however tell, Ian Holm, and who is the other one? Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and say Harry Dean Stanton.
1: Daniel says Harry Dean Stanton!
0: Yeah! <laughs> yeah. That is correct, okay. Daniel! <laughs>
1: Actually, that would make sense. That'd be no for nay.
0: But yeah. anyway, that was correct. Good was enough. Harry Dean hey!
1: Stanton. Three against one. This one I had to see to believe. Okay. But I, I'm, it's, boy. Daniel, mm-hmm. who played the emperor? In The Nightingale, a Chinese folktale directed by Ivan Passer, who did basically nothing else. Uh-oh. Was it, again, these are all white guys, all <laughs> full-on yellow face makeup. Okay. Was it Jack Nicholson, Christopher Walken, or Mick Jagger?
0: <laughs> oh, no. Uh, uh, for some reason, I was hoping Nick Cage is going to be in there. Um <laughs> I'm going to guess, uh, who's the second one, I'm sorry? Christopher Walken. <clears throat> I'm going to guess Christopher Walken. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Daniel, was
1: it Christopher Walken?
0: <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Daniel, it was Mick Jagger. Okay, all right. No, that, that was actually my knee-jerk reaction. I was like, no, I think it's Christopher Walken. To be fair, okay. Christopher Walken played an Asian man in Balls of Fury. There you go. So that's, that was true. Mick Jagger! Mick Jagger! More than meets the eye.
1: Probably. Yeah. Boy, his, his Asian... Barbara Hershey plays a Chinese princess.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Um, and I love
1: Barbara Hershey. Second to last one, Daniel. Okay. Who played the Giants in Jack and the Beanstalk, directed by Lamont Johnson, director of Much Television? Okay. Was it Elliot Gould? Was it James Caan? Or was it Richard Dreyfuss? <sighs> They're all essentially the same guy. Pretty much. Uh,
0: kind of nebishy, but still cool. Uh, uh, um, I'm gonna guess. Uh, you know, James Con. James Con? Um. Does not compute.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. The answer was Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould for the win. Yep. Big okay. chosen
0: giant. Uh, What's the score? How many more? One there's left? only one more left. I think there's three against three right now.
1: Nice. Okay. All right, Daniel. This is your last chance. Mm-hmm. Who played Thumbelina in Thumbelina, directed by Michael Lindsay Hogg, director of Let It Be. Let It Be. Let It Be. Let It burr. Was it Elizabeth Shue? Was it Sean Young? Or was it Carrie Fisher? Yeah.
0: You know for what? the win, Daniel. I hope I'm gonna go for my favorite of those three. Clearly, Hollywood sweetheart, Sean Young. Sean Young. <laughs> was it Sean Young? <laughs> it was
1: Carrie Fisher, Daniel. Carrie Fisher. All
0: right.
1: So you did not win. Hello, yeah. I'm Shelley Duvall. Yeah. But wait, did... that's not the full title. Oh, hello, I'm Shelley Duvall.
0: Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley
1: Duvall. Hello. I'm Shelly Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. Hola, me llamo Shelly Duvall. You
0: ruined it. Yeah. It. No. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> okay. I love
1: that thing. It, please, listeners, Google, hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. It's it's her in like different backgrounds. She's wearing. She, sometimes she's riding a horse or
0: she's on a throne or on top of a mountain. It's great. It's a bit like the 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 Jonathan Riker thing that got yeah real popular Jonathan Frakes. Last year. Jonathan, Jonathan Riker. Frakes, I'm fair. <laughs> well, no, it's I think his character in Star Trek is named Riker. It's Riker? Yeah, yeah okay. Jonathan Frakes. Um, yeah. But no, my favorite one was uh, our old buddy uh, uh, Matt uh, Struck. Um, he uh, he. The, the caption he wrote was like, "This is why this is why women always walk out of me on our dates." Uh, and it's just like him asking like a different question, like, "Hi, do you like?" Biking at night. <laughs> have I love you, that clip as well. Have you ever wondered who... <laughs> no, it's just like... It's like the most fucking insane questions and that are so dorky at the same time. I love and it. And then they'd
1: have these creepy stories that, like, scarred me for life and <laughs> Beyond Belief. There's yeah. the one where the kid goes in the closet that he never comes out and it scared the fuck out of oh, me. Oh, that
0: one would terrify me as a kid, yeah. It scared to me to Just fucking death. Nothing scarier than a closet. Anyway.
1: Anyway. Oh, that was a good
0: game. Good job, Gabriel. Good job, Daniel. You almost won. That said, we're gonna go to break. Okay. We'll come back, we're gonna do some final thoughts and talk about what we're gonna do next. Cool, dude. Gabriel, throw us break. Bye-bye. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Dear listener readers. I've missed you. Two Slow Readers Yeah, buddy. America's Fast based Letter, That's us! We're books. I'm Gabe. I'm book. You're book. And this is reading... Good job, Daniel. Gabriel! Smooth. Yes, Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have a couple more things to do. First off, I just did some... uh, When uh, in the middle of one of our breaks. I wanted to look this up, because I think this is fucking fascinating. Okay. That uh, uh, the original Beauty and the Beast story had all kinds of influences, including a particular story called, like, The Pig King. Pig King which, which is basically like an older version, but like it's another story that's based on like animal royalty and also arranged marriages. Cool. Um particularly. Um but uh particularly this story is not as like like one of like a tradition of other ones that are all about you know, dark or light or kind of like cutesy or whatever about like like animal men who like have like, arranged wives and pe- like girls have to like deal with like their animal man husbands. All men are
1: animals, am right? I mean, right, girls? Um, and How should uh, I kill
0: all men? <laughs> and uh, and uh, also the uh, legendary depiction. Of uh, the beast in this fairy tale, uh, which which uh, the visuals of it comes from the Cocteau film, the 40s black and white movie, but uh, the look of him and also possibly the story is based on a portrait and the life of Petrus Gon Gonçalves Gonçalves. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what was what he? about him? Spanish. Um, he was a very hairy dude. So is Chewbacca. <laughs> He looks like a Chewbacca man. Awesome. Um, no, like literally, <laughs> like uh, he's uh, he was afflicted with uh, hyper hypertrichosis, which uh, basically means that you're born and you basically just have hair growing everywhere. Like sure. all like his entire face is covered in hair, like the Monster Kid, like the Monster Kid, like yeah, all based on that. But um, apparently, like yeah, there's a bunch of like legendary paintings and whatnot in portraits of this dude dressed like a. a, a like a prince like the old-fashioned way but he's uh he's chewbacca yeah
1: i, I love it personally
0: no, no offense to all chewbacca's out there i don't mean to constantly call you chewbacca's and and if that might be a derogatory term for you
1: yes if you suffer from this <laughs> we apologize wholeheartedly yes come on our show please yes defend
0: okay. us defend defend us because we are we are really <laughs> offensive yes gabriel uh-huh, Daniel. that's it uh Final thoughts, Gabriel. uh, Final yeah. thoughts on the courtship of Mister Lion and the Tiger's Bride. Gabriel, final thoughts. Um, I as a as a kid, I've never really.
1: I I I think Beauty and the Beast is a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's un, like unquestionably a great movie. Do I love it for any reason other than it's about a bookish girl?
0: The cartoon one, of
1: course. The cartoon know. one, of course. Um, not really. It, it never really stuck with me as a kid. Also, it scared the shit out of me. The, <laughs> the stained glass thing really creeped me out. Ah, you pussy. I did. Yeah, that's me, baby, and uh. Oh, uh, I should have been like You are what you eat. A oh, little well, too late now. But, um,
0: I... so getting... I, I like how it wasn't too late. Like, it was basically right afterwards. But, I mean, if you yeah. had said it as, like, a... As it should like have been lightning. Right? Instead, it, it came been, after the fact. It was, it was still a good time to yeah, say Yeah.
1: Anyway. Yeah, now it, now it would have been. Now it's way too late. Now it's way too late. Yeah. It's, now it's, 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 it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> move, move on from me. No, I'm just kidding. So, um... Getting into these stories, I'm never too excited to read a Beauty and the Beast story. It's cool and all, but I really, really appreciate it. I really liked the one-two punch of courtship and then Tiger's Bride. It wasn't at all what I expected, especially remembering what I remember from uh, from Bloody Chamber. Mm-hmm. I, and again, like I, I, there's no overstating how wonderful Angela Carter's writing is. It's both like it feels acad- if an academic wrote a story but was also really good at telling you an exciting kind of tale
0: good at the writing part <laughs> yeah
1: there you go like the, the i ha- as last time i had to have my my my, my dictionary app open the whole time mm-hmm. cuz there would be random words in there that i was like what what is what is this and i have a good
0: vocabulary yeah there there was one particular word i read this and i'm like what i the don't one know what meant that like I, a little french dance i didn't know what it meant like through context clues or anything yeah i had that. no idea yeah. so um,
1: I feel continually always enriched by reading Angela Carter's stories, and I really can't recommend these enough to anyone who likes fairy tales, who mm-hmm. likes a new perspective, who, um, appreciates feminism and is a feminist. So, check it out. Daniel, your final thoughts on Lion and Tiger?
0: I liked it quite a bit, and I can't wait to read more! Boom, baby! Boom, motherfucker! You, you, you... That said we have 2020 The next thing we have to do Is a little thing called Hazy Memories Scrolly, And it's all indebted To our old buddy Fuck You know what I just remembered What Gabriel That was what I wanted to talk <laughs> about For final thoughts It's like you know You said that you're never excited uh, To do a Beauty and the Beast story Gabriel Like not months ago We actually did a Beauty and the Beast story We did <laughs> uh, Part of the Witcher series that East was, of Eden That was included Yeah East of Eden by John Steinbeck Yes Which was also a Witcher sp- Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Geralt <laughs> hangs out him and Geral- Wu Geralt hangs out goes to whorehouses you know yeah. um, but no uh, no we did a Witcher story by Andrei Sam- Samkowski uh, in the uh 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 what do you, uh what the last wish uh book uh where it's a, coll- collection? a collection of short yes. stories um a grain of truth where it was a witcher kind of retelling of the the classic fairy tale and Beauty it was and great beast, and it was kind of fucking cool mm-hmm. um a yeah, coin to him which uh kind of bleeds into my actual first uh, final thoughts not first thoughts um uh-huh. but uh where essentially it's like no i never really think about being the beast but like i like these retellings and adaptations and everything like the Disney cartoon is whatever. I don't give a shit, but like, uh-huh. I love that cocktail movie. I love the witcher story and these stories are rather fantastic. Like uh, they're, yeah, no, I, I love how there's stories about women loving, hanging out with beasts. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> like, I'll you know, like, uh, I love, uh, for people who haven't listened to that in the, the witcher story, Like, there's just this thing where, I mean, it's a little dark and whatnot, but like, basically, there's just like this arrangement where. This uh, this man afflicted with like you know by he's beast or whatever, but like uh, uh people like rich dudes come by and say like oh please give me riches uh and like he'll be like well let me spend time with your daughter, and like they basically just like fucking party. <laughs> like
1: for- yeah, they have a great time. <laughs> they, they, like they yeah. inevitably you know they have an awkward interaction, and then they just become buds. Sometimes they bang, and then they just have a great time.
0: Yeah, and then they just kind of leave and never really come back to him, and he's mm-hmm. kind of quietly sad about it.
1: Denis think is a fan of a uh, bloody chamber. Uh, I think so. I'd be shocked if he hadn't read it.
0: There- there's this uh awesome kind of um and we see in the Tiger Sprite this awesome kind of theme of like of women who are able to like kind of shed like the kind of burden of society and are just able to be like free, shed the burden of know? society so like it's pretty fucking uh, it's pretty fucking oh, sexy cool. ladies that's it hazy members my you by shawnee b horny from the whip around podcast who is always horny all the time watch out yeah. people he's always horny you're all on notice yep gabriel years mm-hmm. from now when you think about uh, the Courtship of Mr. Lion and the Tiger's Bride. What well, Welcome to your mem- memories, my palace. <laughs> welcome to your men. Um,
1: I'm going to think more about Tiger's Bride, to be honest, because I, I I would love to return to courtship in a couple of years when I'm still smarter and a better reader and see... I'd love to, like, listen to some interviews of Angela Carter, or, like, I've rarely wanted so badly for there to be an introduction to a book collection for some insight into these. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I just want to know her thoughts on it, because these are great. And Tiger's Bride, for me, holds much more thought to it. I'm going to think about, like, that little bit of perspective I read earlier where she's like, I'm not, I would have been less weird if he just wanted to ravage me. I was proud, and I didn't want to just do this thing. It felt strange. (laughs) Like it, it has an, an almost modern sensibility in the narration, which clashes completely with Courtship of Mr. Leon, which is just so fairy tale like. Yeah. It was confusing the first time. Yeah. But um it's great. I'm gonna hold on to just the little bits of perspective from the narrator of Tiger Bride. For
0: that's your, you that's her hazy memory, the the narrator?
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Some of the passages I think are really great. Alright. Uh, and all the licking.
0: Then I really dig this idea of going into a, a Beauty and the Beast story with the uh, uh, telephone poles. Like again, yeah, I dig that quite a bit. And I really, I really, really, really dig the scene of the uh, the card game and whatnot, and uh, the protagonist kind of like observing the room and just—it's like this weird gothic and and uh, 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 oh, what's the word I'm thinking about with a B? It's the sister to gothic. Broke, not broke. Baroque. Baroque. Thank you. Um, it's like this kind of like Baroque, like like, oh, like overly rich kind of like style and whatnot. Yeah. And like yeah, no, it's fucking cool. And I really dig that. Daniel
1: and... loves harpsichords.
0: Fuck yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, and that's it. So let's stop talking about Angela Carp. Totally. <laughs> Bye, Ange. Bye, Ange. I wish I had that other cool cover of this book, which I always wanted, but instead I got this one, which is like, all right, whatever. Yeah. No, Maybe. I have a really cool one. The other ones are like really cool. Yeah, they have all a bunch of new copies of them over at uh, the Iliad used bookstore.
1: Yeah, honestly, this should be, any copy of this should be in any used bookstore, and please, for love of God, if you're curious, if you're ever like, I don't read enough women, read um, Bloody Chamber by Angela Carter. Yeah,
0: that's it. Uh, Gabriel. Yeah. For next week, I'm also going to take another shot in the dark for this. Yeah, Zaddy. Gabriel, we're going to read a very small selection oh. from a little book that I have picked up, love, but never actually read all the way through. Sure. Uh, by one of my, by an author who wrote one of my Favorite novels, twenty six sixty six Savage Detectives. Uh, we are going to be reading Roberto Bolaño's Nazi Literature in the Americas. Cool, a Chilean author who wrote primarily about Mexico. Uh, and no, he's... didn't. Uh, they all he wrote. Uh, and for for people who don't know this, Nazi Literature in the Americas is a fake uh, bibliography. They're just like selections that are very short biographies on like all these various authors who in who have sad lives they're super uh, ambitious don't wanna go anywhere some of them are like like toast the towns whatever and die tragically due to their own things and they all happen to be one or another nazis huh um it is very it is like essentially like a dark comedy it is very borgesian so like yeah no i'm very uh, i've read like the like the first half of it um we're gonna particularly read one one selection the uh the section is called the no that's not it Uh (laughs) the the section is the infamous Ramirez Hoffman okay um, which is primarily on Carlos Ramirez Hoffman Uh, we're gonna read that I might be talking about some of the other stories and whatnot but we'll see cool Uh, that's for next time
1: Gabriel Skrill can you
0: do us a favor can you do
1: me one fucking favor yeah can you plug Sure can. Okay. Um, before I forget, um I was texting while Daniel was doing his normal spiel into um uh, hazy memories, <laughs> where I normally interrupt and do a real plug. Um uh <laughs> check out the Whip Around podcast for our friend show. Sorry, Shawnee to be horny. Um Ward von Hout, our good friend from the Bethlehem Um House Art Gallery, was on the show. He is my bitter rival in terms of how many times he's been on the Whip Around. <laughs> so check them out. They're our good friends for all your weird news needs, the Whip Around. How, how many times has he been
0: on the show? Five. How many times have you been on the show? Fuck!
1: Uh, I think I'm a, Ward's been six times now. It's, been, it's my fifth oh, time.
0: Oh shit, you're number two. I know. You're number two. You're like number
1: f- eight. Whatever. Fuck you, bro. I'm not competing. Oh, that's fine. Anyway, um, as always, if you haven't done it already, please check out Self-Evident Asian America Stories. It is a historical documentary podcast about the stories of Asian Americans. I produced episode three, The Talk We Were Supposed to Have. It's about my life. I'm very proud of it. It was posted on the AV Club, so hell yeah. Oh, I meant to say earlier, we should bring in our call to action earlier on the show, because that helps out. I uh, anyway, no, I can see that, yeah. um, do me a favor, press one button to support our show. Motherfucker. God damn it. Press the button, follow on Spotify, press subscribe on um, on your iTunes, iPod app, whatever, or give us some stars. Do anything. Just take two seconds to press a single button for us. Do if anything. You, yeah, do anything. If you can be bothered to write a review, we'd appreciate that. We need your help. Mm. Other than that, um fuck. Uh follow me on Instagram at read.richers read like reading a
0: book. Mm. Daniel, you plug. Uh you can give me all the <laughs> the money. Follows and the money. Uh no, you can follow me on Twitter at TopGaunt Radio, but I'm more active on Instagram at Slow Readers. Uh besides that, you can buy my fiction anywhere you get your ebooks and also on Amazon and book forms. Those books are The Shadow from the Deep Ooh. and A Cook from a Cook in the Kingdom, i to say Uh and that's uh that's it. Chill. That's the end of the show. Cool.
1: See you guys next week for a random story in Nazi literature in the Americas. Yep. Bye.
0: Bye, y'all. This has been a Top Count Radio production. Executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to TopCountRadio.com.